<sighs> okay. okay. Do I do I get to say that my hair's growing back? <laughs> it is. Oh my God! Can you remember how lovely long locks? Got another couple years of growing, and it should be back to normal. Yeah. See, now mine should have been like two times that length had I not keep cutting my hair. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> like just an inch over here, just to trim it. And it yeah, yeah poof, the whole thing. But anyway, but I did want to uh, mention uh, a few things tonight before we start the show. First, I want to say thank you to everyone that is saying prayers for my dad. And um, what, what's going on with him is he was falling. He fell a couple times. We took him in, or they took him in because I'm in Pennsylvania. He's up in Massachusetts. So they took him in the second fall, and they did a CAT scan where they found five lesions on his brain. Then he's been in the hospital for like a week now. They finally got the biopsies, and they initially thought that the cancer was going to be something easily treated. However, um, not the case when we got our results back for what they are, um, well, what they saw. We haven't gotten pathology, real things, but they said, no, it's a high-grade high grade tumors, which means it's aggressive and harder to treat, and it will definitely be chemo, radiation, blah, 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 but we don't know exactly how much yet, so continue to pray for my dad. I appreciate everybody um, that is doing that, and I also want to talk about Penhurst Paracon because yes. it is coming up, okay? We have, all right, it is the 19th, 20, and 21st. Now, the 19th is Friday night is only a VIP, supernatural VIP ghost hunt with celebrities, okay? Um, Saturday is vending all day. Sunday is vending. There's, there's a ghost hunt Saturday night in the mixers and everything else with the VIPs and the supernatural VIPs where you're meeting all the celebrities. We do have Jack Osborne coming this year, which is um, like a coup for us. You know, that's pretty amazing. And we also have some more as the older um, people that were on Ghost Hunters, Rachel, Brian. Um, we have Bridget Marquat. She was a Playboy bunny. She's going to be doing some of the hosting up on the stage, doing some announcing and stuff. But, you know, we... If you go to, and let me find this banner, all right, uh, penhurstasylum.com, okay, you can get passes, day passes um, to go into the event. Um, our vendors, I'm pretty sure the vendors are sold out now. The Supernatural VIPs, if they're not sold out, they will be, but I think they are. There's all, you know, you'd have to check the site to see what's available still. So regular VIP pass, supernatural VIP pass, regular weekend passes. Um, but we have tours of Penhurst. We have sick acts going on. We have lectures. We have there, there's psychics. There's, you know, you name it, it's going to be happening at Penhurst. Okay. It is the biggest one we've done so far. And we've had pretty big events thus far. So uh, if you're not at Penhurst in, in, the, in the middle there at the end of May, a few weeks, only a few weeks away, then I don't know. I don't know what to say. You know, we can't bring any more than yes, we to lose. lose. That's true. Okay. But tonight, 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 tonight. Now, if you guys watched my video the other day and uh, the ghost in her, all right, I read this in a day. Why? I was going to split it in two, you know, <laughs> something pages, you know, I was going to split it. 
I couldn't stop reading this book. I'm and like, I shut up about it. I have not read it yet. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> she didn't I, tell me the end, but I guessed it because she's like, oh, oh, oh. I said, okay. It's really good. I can I can envision it as a movie. But let me play our guest bio video and get her on screen with us. This week in the Fox Den with Gina B and Mama D, we welcome Annika Savoy. She is an award-winning author and an attorney who has always felt a supernatural pull. She is a healthy skeptic, but she cannot deny her near-death experience and the shift it made in her life and in her writing. She attended McGill University and graduated with distinction in 1988 with a BA in English Literature. While at McGill, she won several creative writing contests. Thereafter, she wrote historical romance novels. In 1998, Annika changed course and pursued her lifelong dream of becoming an attorney. She graduated from University of Cincinnati College of Law with Dean's Honors in 2001 and practiced law for almost 20 years. Now, Annika returns to her first love, writing historical romance. She endeavors to add paranormal elements that take readers into a fairy tale universe where ghosts and witches exist and happy endings abound. The Ghost in Her, our featured book, is the first in Annika Savoy's Ungilded series. To learn more about Annika, go to www.annikasavoyauthor.com and we welcome you and everyone to the Fox Den. Hi, Annika. Hi. How okay. are you? Annika, tell me something. Did you model for your own cover? <laughs> I mean, seriously, people. In my dreams. Still counts. <laughs> Maggie uh, in the book is 19 years old <laughs> and I am, well, I'm just older a little than bit. that. You're 20, you're 21. We'll just stick there. <laughs> yeah, let's stick yeah, there. But stick actually, there. I, I do have a nonfiction uh, that I wrote about the serial killer and um, I am on the cover of that. My husband took the photo for the cover of his garden. Mm, yeah. I, have a, I have a couple of your books right here. Yeah, that's um, me. Yep. That's me. So yep. Escape from Maripol and His yep. Garden. Um, yep. Both of these books won awards. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, know. very the, prominent writer we have in the room. Yes. Independent so, so, Press Awards. Independent so that press. means we're going to have to have you back for the other books. I would love to do that. Yeah, I, I, really have, I have, yeah, I have a, a couple books she sent to me, so I'm going to read those. I can't Absolutely. wait to read those. Um, but speaking of, that is so funny because the way that the story goes on this book, which was amazing, did I mention? Did I mention that already? Uh, no, I don't think you did. This, how good this was! It should be a movie. All right. So in case I didn't mention it, this should be a movie. All right. But anyway, <laughs> the uh, the storyline in this, how we talk about divine like uh -huh. readiness and things you know it's like a preview what that book that you wrote um in here right this the escape yep marvel a survivor escape. true mm -hmm. true story right it it kind of mirrors the same type of thing that happened in this book I mean, it's so it's it's yeah. almost mystical. It really is because 
I wrote The Ghost in Her during the pandemic. And you read it, of course, Gita. You know, part one is called The Girl in the Hole. Okay. And Maggie, the poor Irish seamstress at turn of the century, New York City, she literally lives in a hole. She lives like in a crawl space beneath a tenement building because she's so poor. And it's this squalid, cold, damp hole. And in Escape from Mariupol, um, which is a true story about a Ukrainian refugee who lived five weeks underground alongside over 200 civilians in Mariupol um, during the first five weeks of Russia's invasion. So, I mean, it was horrific in her case. The the, uh, high rise above them was constantly shaking with the bombs and neighboring buildings were being bombed and people were coming into the basement and injured. I mean, she literally slept beside corpses. So her, her story, which is a real story, uh, is much darker than Maggie's, but I do find it interesting that uh, the, 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 the both story. about girls in the hole. And, yeah. and then the second part of the ghost in her is titled The Girl in the Madhouse. And that's sort of like in the escape from Mariupol, this Ukrainian refugee trying to get out of Russian occupied territory. It's like escaping a, a, a lunatic the asylum. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. And then- This the, is the uh, Madhouse too you're talking oh, about. Oh yeah. Let's talk the, about that. Yeah, yeah. The New York yeah. City Asylum for the Insane. That's the women's one, Blackwell's yep. Island. So mm-hmm. that is an insane place. And speaking of, I mean, that's what we have in Pennhurst Asylum. You know, a lot right. of yeah. asylums are abandoned and craziest Yes, I'm, I'm fascinated by them. Absolutely. It's almost like uh, when you, you know, visit a Holocaust concentration camp, you can feel that energy in the yeah. walls and on the ground. And yeah. when you go to places like that and imagine all of the horrors that took place over hundreds of years, are they absorbed in the stone? Is is the grief, uh, so the grief, and the a lot of them use limestones and things like that. They they take and absorb all that energy. Yeah, and maybe so, we can we can link into that somehow, sense it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah Penhurst. I, I tell a lot of a lot of people that are coming to our event because there's going to be like five thousand mm-hmm. people there. You know, wow. If you're an empath, you know. Ground and shield before you go there, because even just driving up to the place, you can feel the energy, you know, right, of all right. the, of the people, you know. But but you know what's kind of ironic, Gina, is that you know my husband and I uh, went to Blackwell's Island to visit while I was writing the book oh, because wow. we we live in Northwest Connecticut, so we're just a couple hours a train ride, which is wonderful, uh, right. to, to New York City. So when I was doing all this different research, I was doing it in New York City, going to all the Bowery places and investigating. So we took the ferry to what it's now it's called Roosevelt Island. It's in tribute to FDR. Um, And so we took the ferry, but you can take the tram, the kind of gondola that goes across the East River if you don't want to take the ferry. And whether you do the ferry or the tram, you just need a New York City public transit stuff, wow. you know, yeah. couple couple bucks. So and, and, yeah. and they look, did they let you tour the building? Well, that's the thing; it doesn't exist. Um, the the I the only thing that exists. Oh, so I thought that this building was still there. Like okay, that the is that okay. the one in the right hand top corner. That's the only part 
that yeah. remained. It's called the octagon. Yeah. And um, interestingly now, because Blackwell's Island at the turn of the century when the book takes place, it had almshouses, prisons, yeah. a smallpox hospital. There are There is an abandoned remain structure of the smallpox hospital. It's kind of creepy to look at. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, everything except that octagon building have been wiped out. And it's a very kind of nice, serene island, very low key, considering it's right off the river across from Manhattan. Um, but attached to that octagon now are condominiums. So wow. Wow. Con condominiums. That are oh, my God. I would not want to live there. I, I don't know. What I, know. It, I, I wouldn't be able to. I know I wouldn't be yeah. able to. I'll bet, you, I'll bet you a lot of people don't even know about the history. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and then then the um uh what was it that still remained? Um actually pretty much nothing that you see all the meadows and the pastoral landscape and there's a technology college there. Um and and I try to get that across in the book that for someone in 1888 who got shipped out of the Bowery, the squalid, you know, loud crowded Bowery, Bowery and shipped off to Blackwell's Island, in some ways, it would have been a very surreal experience because it's it's almost bucolic and it's like yeah. rolling meadows, trees, and then it's spots of, <laughs> and a prison, and then more trees and fields and another prison. <laughs> right, 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 right. And for the women too, it was tougher on the women. And um, and then like you, you had a couple of scenes that were pretty, oof, you know, the, yeah. the bath and everything when she was yeah. Yeah, you know, and you know things like that. That yeah, just brings you. It makes you like kind of while you're reading, stop and think what these poor women went through. Right, and um, you know that bath scene was kind of inspired by uh, I read Ten Days in a Madhouse by mm -hmm. Nellie Bly, and she was a reporter back in I think it was 1874 that she uh, went kind of uh, in, in costume and pretended to be insane and got herself admitted to the asylum. Are you familiar with that story? I am, I am. Yeah, so yeah, she describes the cold tight, bath. Like that, they, they kept locking her shoes real tight and wouldn't yeah. do them. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I remember mm -hmm. that. Yeah, stuff the, like that. Yeah. Like I said, these books are right up my alley. This is, this is the kind of movie I like yeah. to watch. It's the kind of story I yeah. like to read. I just like it. You know, well, you know what? Um, I am I've decided to try to write a screenplay based on the Escape from Mary Upel book, because oh, uh, I, I think it would be a fabulous feature film. So I'm, I'm going to do a screenplay workshop at New York Film Academy this summer to to convert that book into a screenplay. But I was thinking, hmm, maybe if I get good at the screenplay thing, I could do a screenplay for the ghost in her. <laughs> yeah, would that be cool? I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put up. I'm gonna put up the picture that I said when, when I was reading the book on what how I envisioned the characters. Now she doesn't envision them the same way, but I envisioned the the Gershom, yeah, okay, yeah. As young, you know, uh, Maggie, Maggie yeah. in the middle there, you know, and um, it's like anytime I see an Irish girl or a spirited Irish girl, I think of her. Okay. And then as Leo, as the dad, I just thought Judd Hirsch, you know, and it's yeah. just, so as I'm, I'm reading, I just have these guys, you know, totally in, in my head as I'm going, yeah. but now you thought of yeah. Billy Crystal and, yeah. um, 
Oh, who who was the? Uh, was I the, thought I thought about uh, Adrian Brody for Gershom. Yeah, and, and then that would work. Did you remember that film? There was a film called Brooklyn about an uh, Irish woman that comes to no. Well, there was a female actress in that that I'd love to play, Maggie. Yeah, no. probably yeah. a genuinely more petite, Irish. More petite, yeah, more petite than the one that I picked. But I just love her because of her her spunk and just you know she's very forward. Yeah, you know, and a go getter. You know, yeah. and trying desperately, you know, yeah. to get out there. And yeah. that's how that I see her, you know, as an actor. Yeah, that, that's that's great. You know, I, I remember reading uh, a Michael Caine's biography about different young actors and actresses that he would work with and how some were, um, you just knew they had it. And it's kind of that je ne sais quoi thing, you know, where mm -hmm. you, they just have that certain thing that makes them beautiful on screen. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I can absolutely see it as a, um, as a movie, but now I, I got to, um, I want to back up completely and, mm -hmm. and flip it here. Cause on your bio, or the, on your video that I made for you and it said your near death experience yeah, that caused that shift. Um, yeah. I want to talk about that. So what happened and what shift did that do in your life? And yeah. what I think it was, I, I was always spiritual. I mean, from, the time, you know, I could stand up. I, I always had that spiritual sense. Mm -hmm. But um, when I was almost 18, the summer I was 17 before I went to college, I was hit by a car when I was riding my bike to work. And it was a very serious accident where I was speeding down a hill to try to get through the yellow light before it turned red. Mm -hmm. And no, yeah. su no success, no success, steep hill. And and, uh, you know, I flipped up in the air and flipped back onto the hood and flipped up again and flipped back onto Damn, the pavement. Yeah. I mean, I was bedridden for several months and I fractured my vertebrae and was really like swollen and bruised from here down. Um, you know, it took years for the pain to go away. And I can still, I can still yeah. feel the exact place in my neck or my back. Yeah. Yep, yep. But we, were, that, we were we were we were talking the other day about yeah <laughs> yeah that whole next thing for me is a totally different issue than what happened then because I was young I was athletic I was you know you you heal so quickly when you're young um, yeah and, and so yeah, yeah. but the so, but, is still there. But, <laughs> yeah yeah I can still point exactly where it is mm -hmm. and on rainy days I feel it but yeah. um uh yeah when when I I made impact i felt my soul leave my body wow. and um and the, the most notable thing about that experience was that there was no time and and it's something i can't put into words because it's an, a non-human kind of concept of what is no time um it it wasn't like oh this lasts eternity because that involves time there yeah. was no time and it was just kind of like a static buzzing all around me and a, a white light and um I felt total peace total peace and um I felt because keep in mind at the time I was a 17 year old pretty young girl you know with boyfriends and sports I no longer identified with that that shall we say drama that story yeah. that story that's a good word that's a good word yeah that story I had no identity 
other than this very deep spiritual, uh, I don't know the word for it, just a steadiness, a calmness. And it felt, <clears throat> if anything, it felt a little more masculine than feminine. And um, so when, when I came to, I was on the ground and the ambulance was there. Um, but I, I definitely feel, I don't know if it was so much near death as just my my body tempor my spirit temporarily escaped my body because of the uh, tra trauma trauma yep. yeah mm -hmm. yeah because yeah, people have had so many oh my god you know everyone that i've talked to about a near-death experience has all been so different oh so, really so different yeah and what Did, they have you have you ever talked to anyone who had a negative one no mm. No, Good. and uh, I, I, I had one too, but I, I stopped myself before I actually got like to go over, but it helps me in the paranormal now, you know, um, everything changed for me after that. And, uh, but it was, it was like that. Yeah. That first it was very quiet. It was very like, what is, I just was like, what's going on? What's going on? Why am I here? I was in my hallway at my mother's house. I'm like, why am I here? I'm floating down the hallway. And every time I would get closer and closer to death, basically, I was going down the hallway further and further. And I'm looking and I see my mom's bedroom door. I got to, I got to, you know, get her attention. I'm thinking she's on the other side of the door. I need to wake her up. She's got to help me. You know what I mean? And then yeah. all of a sudden, things from my bedroom, my bedroom as a child was floating by me, but I couldn't grab them. It was so frustrating. Wow. Everything about it was very frustrating. Oh, I really? Talk. I couldn't talk. I was trying to talk and no words were coming out and get frustrated. And then I'd move forward again. But it, but it really, all the, the beginning part of it was just like, what the heck is going on? Now my feet are not touching the ground. I'm just floating. And then I float and then I move forward. And then I finally got to the point where I could actually grab some of these items and then I would throw it at my mom's door, but it would disappear when I would hit the door. I'm like, oh, come on, <laughs> you know? So so tell me, okay, it was you, before you had this, were you ill or were you, were you close to death or was it like a dreamlike state you were in? I was ODing. I had, um, I had broken my collarbone mm -hmm. and before that happened, I was drunk. <laughs> so yeah. I was I was inebriated. I, my my first husband and I got into a fight. It was an accident, didn't do it on purpose, but he did break my collarbone. You know, it's like I I walked into it, you know, it was like clothesline, but it's like he was facing the other way and he just turned around to talk to me as I was walking in and he clotheslined me. And I'm still arguing on the ground, mind you. Right. But wow. I knew I couldn't get up. I figures. Just knew it. But then I go to the hospital. They give me a shot of Demerol. Everything feels great. I'm like jumping all up. They're like, oh, easy, easy, you know? Yeah. Mm. But then they send me home with all kinds of pain pills. Uh, and I yeah. took more pain pills. And then I, the first thing I want to do is I want to take a shower, right? Yeah. And in the, and I'm in the shower. And you can't do anything right. for a broken collarbone, you know? The water turns cold. I start shivering. It starts killing me again. I'm just like. I want to die. Right. But I, I said it didn't mean that, you know what I mean? But I was just like, Oh my God, you know, but I took more pills and I said, just no one touch me. You know, I'm like, take the kids, but I'm upstairs. Uh, kids a little, you know, I'm like uh, upstairs, keep them away from me. I just had a towel on. I went and I went onto my couch and then yeah. I just, I was ODing. You so know? it was a, it was an accidental overdose. Yeah. Accidental. So, but, 
but, um, but I brought myself back. But this is the funny thing. Now I get almost to that door, right? And I realize why I'm there. I'm dying now, right? Now, uh, so I'm like, I don't want to die. And I'm saying it to myself. I'm saying it in my head. I don't want to die. I'm trying to say it's not coming out. And then I started, I, I moved forward again. I'm like, I don't want to die. I'm panicking now. And then I screamed it. I don't want to die. And then I slammed back into my body on the couch. So wow, boom. And it, and it moved that. So it actually physically moved me. I was covered in wet. It was insane, right? That That and is. I threw the pills away. <laughs> that, you know, that's insane to me because I've known people who have OD'd um, some kind of accidental slash suicidal. Like, you know, when you're in that space, you just yeah. want to numb the pain. So, you know, it, it could have been suicide. But nonetheless, um, I've known several different people like that. And I've often wondered, what did they experience in those final moments of OD? And, you know like I said, everybody's story is so different, yeah. you know, yeah. but when I came back, I'm hearing all these tones and it's not like, it's like a tinnitus type of a tone, but it's not all the time. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to figure out what the hell that was. And it's, and it's mm -hmm. a spirit coming near me. So it's a low tone, a medium tone, a high tone. When it's a low tone, I get a little nervous and it's a medium and a high tone, you know, they're good spirits. They're, you know, they're angelic realms or whatever. It's fine. But then, you know, when you are working in the field, I think you, your skills just develop anyway, you know? Right. But now, right. you know, sometimes I see them, sometimes I hear them, sometimes, you know, I, I don't consider myself a psychic, but I get, you know, I'm clear cognizant. Yeah. No yeah. You know, I think, I think it's amazing how you can have something terrifying like that happen to you but it, it alters the entire trajectory of your life. And yeah. it, it's like prompts your growth. Like yeah. it, it, even for me, I feel so uh, grateful that I had that near-death experience when I was only 17 years old uh, because it shook me up in a way that just changed everything for me, my entire set of priorities in terms of seeking, seeking beyond this earth. Mm -hmm. you know, and it gave, it just altered the paradigm completely. And therefore in many ways alienated me a lot more from the systems that I was involved in from family systems and whatnot. Um, so it, it was good and necessary. I think it was a gift, but it, it wasn't necessarily fun. I, I know, I know it's, it's weird. It's, it's weird. Mm -hmm. And again, everybody's journey is so different. So yeah. now you went from, from that happening. Mm -hmm. Were you always a writer? Like, did you always yeah. like a storyteller and a writer and you're that very part? much? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, um, I, I was the last of five children in a very, uh, competitive oriented ego minded, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Irish Catholic family. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and, and I felt very lonely growing up, very yeah. lonely, very misunderstood, very misunderstood. And um, writing for me was my lifeline. When Since I was a little girl, uh, I would 
keep diaries and journals. Do you know I still have them to this day in a big Tupperware? Like I've all my diaries. One. I wish I didn't. Yeah. Hi, Bob. It's <laughs> my baby right there. I still can't go back to them and read them. I, I don't know why. I'd find oh, out, what, I, I'd find I, out what a jerk I was. <laughs> I know. I was horrible. I was a horrible child in a horrible young, you know, young 20s and stuff. I think yeah, it's like when, I, we write journal, when we write journals, I've never been a journal writer, but I, this is my way of thinking. When people write journals and I can't go back to look to read them, I think it's not for us to read our own journals. I think it's yes. for somebody else. Like yeah. maybe eventually when the time comes and you're no longer yeah. with us, that somebody wants to write your story, that those journals will come into handy. Yeah. And, think, and, and the thing is, who you thought you were back in the day mm. is not who everybody else thinks that you were. Yeah. Like you said, you were like a bit of a troublemaker. Yeah. yeah. It probably everybody, everybody probably thought, well, we know Gina was, but you know, <laughs> yeah. we won't go there. <laughs> you know, yeah. but most of the people who know you probably thought, mm -mm, nope, she's not as bad as she thought she was. You know, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, who knows? And and ultimately, that's where you have to put your ego aside and say, okay, if someday my great granddaughter gets hold of this and wants to make it into a short film and submit it to Sundance, showing exposing all of my flaws. Yeah. And all of my hypocrisies and all my contradictions, I'm good with that. <laughs> That's, good. I'll be, I'll be That's good. That's I'll good. Well, it, you know, it, all the things that have happened to us that we've gone through, yeah. that we've survived, yeah, shaped us into who we are. You know, yeah. And your life has done the roller coaster thing. My life's mm -hmm. done the roller coaster thing. Mm -hmm. Mama's done. You know, everybody, everybody has. Mm -hmm. You know, right. we've done the one eighties. You know, you did that. Yeah. So you started out writing. You became a lawyer yeah. and went back to writing. Yeah. You know. Yep. There you go. And and being a lawyer involves a ton of writing as well. <laughs> Just yeah, well, le reading. legal writing, legal writing mm -hmm. that was helpful to my nonfiction writing to be very fact based and. Yes. you know, evidentiary based, but um, just anytime you can write, no matter what genre or, or boring legal writing, you're working on a craft, you're working on a skill. I think nowadays, because it's so easy for anyone to self-publish, um, a lot of people, you know, if you want to try your hand writing a book and self-publishing it, great. But the reality is it, it really is a craft. It's like the difference between yeah. someone who picks up a violin and starts doing a few, you know, lessons. And, yeah. you know, there's different levels of that craft. And so, you know, it, it, it it's just something that um, I, I'm always surprised when people say they never thought of being a writer until they were like 50 and wrote these books or what. It's surprising to me. I, I guess it happens. Yeah, I'm 60. And I'm going to be writing my first book finally. Oh, I have a okay. thing, what do I know? Thing going, you know what I mean? But uh, but I just never had time. Ah, there you yeah. go. So Yeah. Yeah. But, but, Virginia you know, Woolf. They're, they're uh, writing a book together. We're just going to do like uh, an Oracle type book. And, uh, you know, that's in the that's in the works too. You know, we're yeah. still writing. So, you know, it's just, but it's time. It is time. It, you know? it's, it takes a lot of time. And then, you know, the editors I've had for all of my books have been top of the line. So hopefully you guys can get a good editor because it's, it's amazing no matter how good you think you are at it or, or knowing the grammar, it's amazing the mistakes that they'll catch a good editor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, say, I know I'm not a writer, 
Yeah. I, I know I'm not a writer. Like I always say, I'm, that's why I do a radio show or a video mm -hmm. show because when I write things, I don't, it doesn't come out the way I'm thinking it. Yeah. I can do it. I can have a conversation with people and I'm good with that. Yes. But to, have, to do a writing, it's like, I don't do blogs. I just, I don't yeah. even write a journal. I never have. I know mm -hmm. I, I encourage all my people to, to write journals, mm -hmm. but I'm just not. And to record all of these things, mm -hmm. I usually end up thinking about the important things when I'm doing dishes. That's my meditation zone. Sure. I'm sorry, oh, I yeah. have to I'm not gonna pick up my phone yeah. and start. You know, there you go. I, I really, I changed, I changed my my one sentence. I know that I would finally put down a paper. By the time I reread it and go back, it would be that yeah. sentence turns into a paragraph. That paragraph turns into a whole chapter mm -hmm. just by itself, oh. with one thought. You know what I mean? So it's wow. like for me, it would change all the time. You know, mm -hmm. so, yeah. and, and yeah. her write it and then take it away from her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then then go to the editor and let the editor do the final things because if I yeah, change, right. it, I'm gonna add, I should add another character. Yeah. It, it, it sounds it. like you kind of channel when you're writing, Gina. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, it's yeah. about yeah. you know. But I mean, it's like when she does the videos, the intro videos. You know, uh -huh. like people go, oh, my God, it's so amazing. But it it's like short and sweet, like two, three minutes of a video. Uh -huh. But it takes it can take her up to a week to do these things. I was amazed by the video she did for me. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I loved like it. The audio so much, the, the sound, the music. Because usually I put the music on. Uh, I use Anchor FM, right? Anchor mm -hmm. venue to make them. And they have their own music. But I'm Got always it. using the same music because that's all the music they have on there. Yeah. So I'm like, I want something different, you know. So I put yeah. music on in the background, so that's like get that little crunchy sound in the front, little crunchy sound in the back. It doesn't like go up and down like you uh, know like on the venue. So I was kind of disappointed with yeah. that, but I liked the music that yeah. I yeah yeah I did too. Just the fact that you can do all that, see, I'm in awe of that because I just can't do that kind of stuff. I'm just I don't have that. Skill. I, I, I'm an artist, you know, and yeah. I, I like yeah. I like creating. Then, like, I like graphic artists. I like all kinds of mm -hmm. art, all types mm -hmm. of, art, you know. Right. In your competitive family, well, we had a competitive family. We were artsy, like whatever. You know, my my brother did something. My two sisters, they both mm -hmm. did art, but different things. My one sister's like cartoon, and the other one's like landscape. My brother did vehicles, cars, motorcycles, mm -hmm. whatever. You know, whatever was cool in the day. You know, yeah, yeah. me did everything, right. and I mean, when I say everything, I do everything. I do everything creatively, everything. Like I was a designer. You're you know? a jack of all trades. You're a jack of yeah, all trades. Yeah, a Jill, and, a Jill of all trades. A Jill of all trades, and yeah, the yeah. tool belt diva. You know, <laughs> so I would, you know, build things and all that kind of stuff too. So it's like, you know, my but my dad, my dad, he always said, someone else can do it, so can you. And then that's the way we were all raised. You know. Yeah. Do it for yourself. So that's what we did, you know. So like I could have a million topics. That's that's the problem. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the million things. I always say my brain is like a filing cabinet with all the damn drawers are open. Oh wow. So there's that's amazing. At all times. <laughs> you know? As as long as you don't get monkey brain. <sighs> you know, where it's like too she, much. She, right? she could tell you sometimes they yeah, hundred percent. Does she get my oh look, you're like honey? Go to oh, the yeah. green. Go to the green room. Let's chat. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the thing is, when she gets Gina is, she'll get angry. Perfectionist. Yeah, she'll get angry with herself, uh, right? And she used uh, to 
send me a voice voice <laughs> message on Facebook. Oh. Yeah, like a, a five minute tirade, and and I'll uh. get up in the morning and I'll hear this and then I'll, then I'll go feel better, and she'd be like, yeah. <laughs> oh well, I'm glad yeah, she doesn't get it out. Yeah, I'm glad she can do that with you. I mean, oh, yeah. not a lot of people have someone in their life that they can do that with. I I know, like we do that in our marriage. Yeah, it's really yeah. important to just be able to cut loose and say how you really feel, get it off your chest. Yeah, you have to have somebody. And the thing is, it's not always easy to like. If you have it in your marriage, that's great. But sometimes it's not always easy to get to to vent that frustration yeah. whatever it is with your partner because then sometimes the partner might take it you know personally i don't take nothing personally if y'all don't exactly. like me it's fine it's your issue not mine yeah you know? yeah but that's what i do i'm a listener you know right. i let i let people right. vent and spew and that's my thing you see, that's great that's yeah. great we, we work well but now would there be another book for this? yeah you know i was just talking to someone about that that I've been promoting both books, The Ghost and Her and The Ukrainian Story, so much in the last few months. And now I need to get back to work on the sequel to The Ghost and Her. But here, it, it, here's I'll the your, problem. I'll be your chest reader. Yes. Oh, I would love that. I would <laughs> yeah, actually love that. Um, but here's the problem. I already wrote like six or seven chapters last winter when I finished The Ghost and Her. And then the project with the Ukrainian woman came into my life and I decided, you know what, I'm going to write this book as quickly as possible for her. So you can get um, back to the other one? No, no, it <laughs> no. was because the uh -huh. issue was so timely. The issue was so yeah. timely with the war in Ukraine. So I, I dropped uh, the sequel to the ghost in her and focused on this Ukrainian book and got it done within like seven, six months. Wow. And, and so then then I went into all the marketing of both books. So it's like, I yeah. finally now have time to return to the sequel and I can't wait because in fact, I like it more than the ghost in her. I like this story even more. Well, well because every different. book, every book is a step yeah. up. I'd like to think that. And, and it seems to have a, a, a much sharper focus and energy, this book, but here's the problem is the Ukrainian book I wrote I want, I think it would be a perfect feature film. And so I, I talked to some couple different film producers this week and, and they were interested in the story, but they want a script. Yeah, so yeah. I thought, okay, uh, am I going to hire a script writer? No, I'm a writer. I'm going to learn how to do it. So I think I'm going to go to the um, New York Film Academy this summer to take an eight week, uh, it's online, a eight week workshop on Love screenplay me. writing. And they let you, you know, choose your project. The The goal at the end of the eight weeks yeah. yep. is to, to write a feature film. So yep. that will be my opportunity to there learn how to do it. Yeah, and then, and then I thought, well, if I then learn how to do that, then maybe I could do that with the ghost in her at a future date, write a screenplay and start pitching it to the Hallmark Channel, yeah. Hulu, Netflix, sequel. You know, because yeah. they have a sequel. They're going to well, want you, what happens next. Yeah, and, and then I'll, you know, this next book, I think I could easily write it, the sequel, in the matter of maybe three or four months. Um, I'm generally a really fast writer. 
Um, yeah, you're just yeah. talking about channeling and it, the spirits and the things that you read and in here too. Yeah. Really awesome. They well, awesome. thank you, but but I don't I can't take total credit for that because they came into my mind fully formed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, you're being channeled. They want this, you know, these yeah. real characters coming through to you and yeah. saying, hey, you know, how about this in this yeah. story? They're, they're yeah. In the story yeah. that you're writing and maybe it was yeah. the same time frame maybe you know what i mean so who knows no knows why i don't know all i know is write what you love you know exactly. so if, if you love that time period if you love paranormal ghost stories uh lunatic asylums you know i had this guy uh this crew came to my house they were sanding down our kitchen cupboards and uh, he said, oh, you're a writer. Uh, what do you write? And, he, he, and uh, he, he, he said, my wife loves to read. I said, what does she like to read? He says, yeah, you're going to think it's crazy. I said, no, tell me. <laughs> uh, she's really into the turn of the century, ghost stories, but involving madhouses. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but then I'm like, okay, that's the kind of story I wanted to see on TV and, and yes. read about. So that's why I wrote it. And then here's this other woman. She has the exact same interest. And then you realize, oh, you mean there's a whole brand out there. There's mm -hmm. a whole like Star Trek convention of women who are into turn of the century, paranormal, ghost yep. story, yep. madhouse. Yep. Right? Yep. Exactly. Yep. A hundred percent. You know? And it's the thing is, everybody thinks, oh, nobody, nobody would be interested in this. And you'd be amazed how many people are yeah. interested in what you do. And then you know, like, whether it's love, the I books the, that you're writing. I right. Love the ghost stories, too, that you need to, the, the ghosts need help, you know. Yeah. Find something or they're in search of something and either they're, they're recruiting kids or a person to help them. And then you have a conclusion at the end, you know what I right. mean? Right. Love a story like that, you know, because I'm, I'm like even Bob, my my Bob, he comes in, I'm watching horror movies and this and that all the time. But it's more it's, you know, that's my genre. He's like, oh, you're watching a love story. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I don't like like the slasher. I don't like Freddie or Jason or those types of. Yeah. I'm looking for for a ghost, you know, yeah. story. Yeah. And, and I and I like the ghost. Something otherworldly that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's so hard to find a good one, you know, that's yeah. not super cheesy or just just so poorly acted. Yeah, like oh, that you know that could have been really good had they I know. characters. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah know? you know, you know, one thing that was really interesting when I was writing the ghost in her is in the early stages of writing it. You know, I told you I struggle with a lot of pain in my neck, so sometimes I have a little cannabis at night. <laughs> and I had some cannabis and I thought, oh my goodness, the nut cracked. I thought Maggie is deluded. And when her sister died and gave birth to a baby, it was actually like a split personality psychotic episode for Maggie. And it was actually her that gave birth to the baby and, mm -hmm. and created an entirely fictional delusion yep. called and I Nessa. I thought about that right before I read it in the book. So, it just well, like popped yeah. into my head and then all of a sudden, boom, there it was in writing. I was like, oh. Right, right. That's why, uh, yeah, I I was starting to write it in that direction. Mm -hmm. And then um, actually, 
I had an editor look at the early chapters and she said, this is too complicated. She's like, this is too far out. And I said, well, why don't I then have her neighbors, Maggie's neighbors gaslight her and make her think that she made up Nessa mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and, and make her think that she's insane and make others think she's insane. So then they read with a much more consistent flow, right. but you know, the it's that's why it's really important to see alternative endings on movies sometimes. Yeah. Where because you know, I I could have with just a few tweaks, I could have changed the whole story in a oh, different direction. Yep. I know because then she could have really been in the madhouse for real and you could take that whole madhouse thing, you know, to her treatment, to different yeah. things that she's gone through, you know, it could be cold treatments or shock treatments or whatever treatment. Yeah. You know, I mean, all those things to fix but, her. Yeah, and Gina, you know what that would mean? That would mean that I would have to totally change the genre because that would be women's fiction, kind of dark cinema, women's fiction, right, right. Uh, Margaret Margaret Atwood type stuff, but it wouldn't be a paranormal historical romance, you know? Exactly. Right. No, but yeah. I, love, I love what you did, but that's why I couldn't yeah. stop reading. I was just like, oh my God, I got I to gotta know what's happening here. You know, I, yeah. I need to know. And I, yeah. I love what you did. I really do. Thank you. You you know, you're not the first and it's meant so much to me. I've I've had a lot of women who've read it and been really surprised. Like, wow, I've never read anything like this before. I I'd like to read the reviews on Goodreads about this book cuz all of them are saying this is very quirky and unlike anything I've really ever read before, but damn, it, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. It, it, yes. Yeah. It was totally gripping. And then, you know, yeah. Bob comes home from work. I'm still reading because he left for, yeah. you know, for work. I'm reading. He comes home from work. I'm still reading. And he's trying to talk. I'm like, <laughs> I'm reading. That's awesome. <laughs> not now. I'll be like, Gina, That's did you awesome. think about supper? Uh, not, yeah. Fix your supper. <laughs> <down. laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. That time? Uh, nope. <laughs> well, that's that's a good sign for me because it's pacing is really important to me. If if a if a novel or a movie is too slow paced, unless it's something really well written and really good, I I lose I lose interest. I need yeah. things. I'm a fast paced woman, and I need my my books to move quicker. You're a northerner like me. Everything is yeah. Bad. I'm from Boston. I mean, I'm yeah. from outside of Boston. I'm, a, I'm, I'm an asshole too. I'm, I'm from, an asshole. I'm from, yeah, I'm from Worcester. Right by Worcester, so Oxford. No, no you're, you're, not from, you're not from Worcester. You're from Worcester. 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 Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I Worcester. thought I wanted to make sure you pronounced it right. Yeah, Worcester. No, Worcester and Oxford. And yeah, no, I, I try to keep my um, accent out of the show as much as I possibly oh. can. Um, but no, it's there. And I'm turning all the pencil tuckians into massholes. I my Bob talks like that, you know, it's like he uh -huh. says it's tack out. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I I went to college uh when I was 17, uh at the end of that summer and uh was merciless mercilessly teased in Montreal yeah. for my, my masshole accent. Yeah. So I very purposely, like like uh, like an actress who needs to learn a different accent for a movie, I very purposely changed my accent to Canadian English. Isn't and, it tough? Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. And and what else is hard from going from uh, being you know a mass person 
is the pace. Like everywhere else, it's a lot slower. Here, yeah. Pennsylvania, I was so aggravated everywhere uh -huh. I went. You know, yeah. in the shopping line. Right. Yeah. The cashier is talking to this lady about grandkids and this and that. And I'm like, uh, oh, my God, ice cream melting here. Can we go? <laughs> Don't get me started. You know, my uh, the, the woman that's living with us, our Ukrainian guest who who we wrote the book together. Um, she's on European time, man. I mean, like, you know, you see the French protesting the raise of two years of the retirement to 64. And here we're like working ourselves into the grave until we're 90 yeah, in America. Exactly. But but she she we drive each other crazy for that reason. Is that I go into a store, I go into a store, I'm not into shopping. I'm it's not no. a museum. It's not a museum. Like take it my, uh, size small. Can we size have small one? Stuff. Yeah. Can we have like yeah. one can of beans and one can of it, you know? yeah. <laughs> but but, but this this Ukrainian woman. She's a true artist and she paints, she does photography. She's a tattoo artist. Oh. And um, she is so into beauty that, you know, I, I kid you not, she'll just sit on our porch and stare at a flower, just stare at a flower for a half hour while she sips her coffee. She'll just stare at the flower. Wow. I mean, that's what she's like. So, so, so when we go shopping, I can't get her out of the store. And of course she's mm. from Ukraine. So coming to TJ Maxx is like oh, a, kid in a, a kid in a candy store. Yeah. To see all the Levi's and Nike and all the brand names. And, oh, and I, I, I can't get her out. Going right to the home section. <laughs> oh yeah. Home <laughs> section too. Yeah. This, I have, I have to admit TJ Maxx is probably the exception to that rule, but I'm talking like when we go to Walmart, like, come on, let's get oh. out of here. I'm not wandering around Walmart for three hours. Yeah, but they're so huge and there's so many things to it. It's like I'm not I'm not a super shopper. I want to go and give me a grocery list and I'll follow it. Then there'll be uh -huh. another grocery list up in head that yeah. I can do. But in general, it's like you know, okay. I could probably yeah. save a lot of money if I go to Walmart, but I can't do it. I just can't I go, You can't? No, I go like I'll take you there. there. I gotta go to the regular grocery store. I hate grocery shopping. I hate spending money on groceries. Uh -huh. I hate grocery uh -huh. shopping. It's just too complicated. It's too, like I said, there's too uh -huh. many cans of beans. There's too many, yeah. this, that, and the other thing. You know, you can't just grab what you want. You got to read. Do you, do you know what I was saying to my husband the other day? I said, am I being weird by being nostalgic about the pandemic? <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, for one thing, he didn't travel at all because uh, he travels nonstop for his job. So it like saved our marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but one of the things was grocery shopping. I, because my husband has a preexisting condition, um, he, he recovered from stage four cancer six years ago. Oh. So we have to be careful with, with, you know, COVID was mm -hmm. serious to us. We took it very seriously. So, um, before the vaccine, we, we did next to nothing. And, and I ordered from Instacart. Mm. And um, I actually would bleach all the stuff in my driveway. I was so paranoid. Yep. And my pants are all covered with bleach stains now. But um, <laughs> that's a fashion statement now. Style. Yeah, yeah, right. And 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 uh, it was nice to just go to Instacart, order your groceries like that, not have to go to the store. <laughs> da, da, da. Mm -hmm. As much as I just like grocery shopping, I have to go in and get my stuff. Because yeah. I need to know that I like, like I said, like five different five different cans of beans. I'll buy the cheapest because I never just open a can, heat, and eat. 
I have yeah. to add things to it. So I've got seasonings. I've got, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I can yeah. add things to it. But for me, yeah. I can't just, because I'm always afraid if I if I put it in a grocery list and you have it delivered to your house, you know, it's like, am I going to get the right potatoes? Yeah. Am I going to get the fresh celery? Am I going to, you know, it's like, too many and, and, yeah, I, have to, I have to pick my fruit. You know, I worked yeah. the fruit. Yeah, fruit yeah. And, I, and I did get no. some bad stuff. I got yeah. some bad tomatoes that had to return it. And that's a pain to have to get a credit and do all that. And then remember when they would say, well, we don't have uh, Ruffles uh, potato chips. But we have gluten-free banana chips. Do you want us to replace it? You know what? We finally no. got here in Pennsylvania because I did have to finally break down and go grocery shopping. So it cost me a fortune when I finally go. But I, <laughs> yeah. the cupboards are bare by the time yeah. I go. Right. But we have kettle corn poppers. The they're like it's popcorn in a chip like yeah. thing, the triangle things. I had them up yeah. in the house. My daughter introduced me to them, and we haven't had them down here in Pennsylvania. You know, they were there. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> so it made the whole trip worthwhile because yeah, I need popcorn now because I, I can't eat cool. I can't have anything with seeds, and I can't eat this, and I can't mm -hmm. eat that. Blah, blah, blah. But you know is what it is yeah. but that's okay i just i just have to say it's been a very long time since we've had somebody on the show that the conversation was geared towards food it had <laughs> nothing to do with this topic of the show but we ended up going to food i'm in heaven <laughs> <laughs> well let me tell you since this ukrainian woman has been living with me mm -hmm. i i've actually i thought i put on weight and i went on the scale this morning i haven't weighed myself in months and i'm actually i lost weight and which surprised me because I've eaten better than I, I think I've, I've ever eaten in my life with her living here because she eats like Ukrainians eat. How is that? She eats close to the earth. Like she's, yeah. she, she eats so much fruit. She eats so many vegetables. She has wonderful ways of sauteing and adding herbs and spices. And of course, because I'm a quarter Polish, I, I prefer that Eastern Ukrainian dill flavor. And yeah. I, I've been, you know, having my avocado toast and my veggie omelets. And it's just amazing. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's amazing the changes that you go through without realizing their changes. It just sort of happens naturally. Yeah. 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 Well, Polish. And uh, Polish and Irish, right? But uh, yeah. Polish. And I do now. I serve Lenten meals down at the lodge with his sister, you know. So it's all the Belushki and the potato pancakes and mm, the rosies okay. and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> and it's like, I, my growing up, my mother, I thought potato pancakes was mashed potatoes, mashed mm -hmm. and fried. That's what mm -hmm. I thought a potato pancake was. You so know. I was introduced to a whole new Polish world of food, which is very bad for you, food, Saddening food, kielbasa. Uh, Oh, oh yeah, but yeah. I you make um I can't eat the kielbasa regular kielbasa because no. it's no. like too greasy and it's like I love it but I can't I physically can't eat it my throat won't let me swallow it like I can Do take you know, bites and then it just stops I can't yeah swallow. you you but know what I medicine kielbasa I can eat have you ever uh, had medicine kielbasa I don't know if you I'd be into it because it's like <gasps> anything that's like a sausage I eat. Unless oh it's a turkey, turkey sausage. Right. Do, do like you think that. anybody really cares about this? Do you think I know, I know. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Yes, yeah, sorry. We are so off topic. <laughs> I blame it on well, Mama. 
This is Mama's fault. Mama I just, D. I just, I'll make everybody go for Hey, look, at least we didn't get on chocolates, okay? I have yeah. to give that up, that's, so we're good. That is true. Well, you know what? You know I what? have a good I have a good at transition when you're ready. We can transition to talking about food in my book. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. Well, why don't yeah. we do that? Why don't we take our, our five minute, because this could be a good transition to bring in the okay. crystal of the week segment right now it's like five minutes early but this is about a little five minute break we're going to be talking about blue well she is going to be talking about blue lace agate she's that's what she thought was a inappropriate stone for a show like this so let me put her up here and this is about five minutes Hello loves, I am Athena Barry, Reiki master and author of award-winning book, Raise Your Vibes, and my new Oracle deck, Raise Your Vibes, Crystal Cards, and of course, creator of CrystalReikiHealer.com. And I am so grateful to be back here again for another week on the Fox Den Show with our signature Crystal of the Week segment. So let's dive in. For this week's show, I really felt called to the energy of blue lace agate. This crystal is known as the diplomat, um, as it assists all forms of communication, but in a gentle, calming, soothing kind of way. I, I always kept a piece of this close to me when um, during writing, right? either with the blog, the book, the Oracle deck, it's, there's always, you're going to find a piece of that next to my computer. Um, it really helps with that creative flow. Blue Lace Agate activates our throat chakra, supporting our communication, bringing clarity, and then giving us the confidence to express ourselves, which is not always an easy thing for everybody. As some of you may know, we are also at the very beginning here of Mercury retrograde, which is excellent for communication and typos and, you know, arguments and all kinds of uh, wonky things with tech. So um, keeping a piece of this close by will really hopefully help you um, keep those typos and those miscommunications at bay. So this is a good one to hold on to guys. Emotionally, blue lace agate is wonderful for stress relief and for soothing anxieties, um, especially when you know that inner dialogue takes a turn for the worse. This is gonna be your best friend. Number 36 in my new Oracle deck, Raise Your Vibes Crystal Cards. If you draw this card, it's really a sign to release any emotional attachment um, to any recent difficult communication. So that will be a good one. And there are rituals and quick vibe fixes on there to help support you in how to do that. Ways you can use this crystal. It can be worn as jewelry, right? Um, in our crystal elixirs. So popping one in your coffee, your tea, your water bottle, you know, whatever you're drinking that day just keeps that communication flowing with ease and your your emotional body kind of calm and and in check there it's great under your pillow especially if you're trying to do dream work and you're trying to understand the messages that are coming through smaller than this i like to tuck into my pocket or into my bra but you can also keep these in your pocket in your purse i also use this crystal in my crystal grids right for my reiki clients and i always use this when i have someone that's dealing with 
with, you know, trying to ease their anxiety, soothing their stress, um, just bring everything kind of back into a calm balance. It's also great, as I said before, to keep next to your journal or um, your computer while you're writing. Again, just keeping that creative energy flowing. And so others will, you know, they'll get the intended message that, you know, you're writing about. You also want to keep one of these. This is such a nice little hack, but if you're ever in, you know, an argument or a disagreement with either a loved one or um, somebody at work, a boss, a coworker, this is a great one to keep close because again, it just, you know, keeps that energy calm and helps you to stay balanced so that you're able to communicate. So even if they're losing it, you're not, and that is going to be so helpful if you're having family over, right? I think of Thanksgiving, but you know, for any of these events, birthdays or anything you've got going on, um, or even friends where maybe there's been some difficult conversations lately, this is really good to keep in your dining room. And this just helps ensure a calm and enjoyable dinner conversation. You can also hold one um, just in your hands during meditation, because this can be amazing, again, for calming those emotions. And you can also connect with this crystal uh, with an ASMR crystal Reiki session. It's free on my own YouTube channel, Crystal Reiki Healer, after the show, of course. And of course, of course, I love to leave you with a wonderful affirmation to help you connect to your crystal's energy. And for Blue Lace Agate, it is I am calm and clear in my words, thoughts, and ability to voice my true heart's desires. And that wraps up our crystal segment of the week for Blue Lace Agate. Thank you ladies so much for having me join you. I hope that this has brought some value to your show. Many blessings. Let me unmute you. Okay. So okay. I still will not get used to not being able to talk to Athena. I yeah, exactly. Like yeah. so used to her having her hair that yeah. I'll miss her, but she knows. Yeah. She's getting used to doing the videos because she's a mom. She's still got young yeah. kids, you know. Yeah. So she has to do all the driving and everything for all the she's, kids. She's got a lot of energy, man. She makes me feel lazy. She <laughs> does. Trust me. She's got she's so gosh darn busy. It's like, yeah. yeah. But for anybody who wants to see the, her ASMR, I've put the link to her YouTube channel in the chat. So go check it out yeah. after the show. Otherwise, she'll kick your butt. Yeah. That that was really great though what she said about that that blue crystal. I'd love to get one of those because it's just what I need right now. Uh, yeah. Oh, you have one. I have. Yeah, I have a bunch of That's crystals. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But jewelry, yeah, it's good. And throat for the throat chakras mm -hmm. and everything too. Because I have a lot of problems with my throat, so mm -hmm. I wear a lot of those things, especially when I'm doing the show. So that's sure. why I this one. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Food. Food in the book. <laughs> Let's get back to food. Yeah. Give me yeah. your food. Food porn. Okay. All right. So I mean, you gonna go uh, and you gonna you gonna give it away the whole thing, or are you gonna like give the no, whole? No, it's um, it's not as there's no need for a spoiler alert. No okay. need for a spoiler alert. So um, okay, I was writing the book at the library. Um, I have to most times when I write, I have to go to the library, one of three local libraries that I like to go to because I have this mini Aussie Shepherd. She's at my feet now. Both she's of my dogs are, but dogs. yeah, but she is so hyper in the afternoon. I can't get anything done. She just wants me to take her for a walk and play with her all the time. Um, so I go to the library for peace and quiet. Often I go up to this private study room, which is great. Um, but 
anyways, there are a lot of homeless people at one of the libraries. And this homeless man who I'd been chatting with, he came up to me and asked me what I was writing about. And he was really excited. Oh, I'm really into the turn of the century in New York City and da 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 And he says, do you know what I happened to find the other week that might be interest, interesting to you is I was rummaging through the garbage at the back of the library and they'd thrown out a bunch of books. And he said, I'll bring, I'll bring it to you tomorrow. But it was this cookbook published in at the end of the 1800s, an original cookbook. Yeah, but the binding was kind of falling apart. And it, I, oh gosh, I forget what it was called, but it was by uh, written by the chef of the Astoria Waldorf Hotel. Mm, and, but, I mean, it was a big, thick, like encyclopedic book of all of the recipes that they had back then for fine dining or just like a lot of them would be like, you really need a stove to cook this. It's going to be hard to do it over the hearth kind of thing. Like it was just a oh, different wow. mindset back then. And, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I looked it up on Amazon uh, in, in, in one that's in good condition goes for like 600 bucks, but this cool. one's all, you know, tattered, yeah. but I still Thank used all the, I, yeah, well, I, used some of the recipes uh in the ghost in her and then and then i uh i'm gonna use more for for the next book too awesome that is so awesome. yeah i love that yeah. part i love yeah that. yeah you know what the thing about this book though when i looked it up um there's a a warning on it that says warning like disclaimer be careful about trying some of these recipes because they're not like FDA approved, obviously, right? Oh, yeah. So like the things they would eat back then, super uh, weird, like pigeons, you know, pigeon stew or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it would be so easy with some of these recipes to get food poisoning. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you gotta yeah. It's a miracle that this the human race is still here. I'm telling. I know. You. Oh no, just a minute. We used, we we've grown up yeah. with chicken, pork thing, but I mean they used to eat that back in the day. So why not? You know, I'm sure everything was cooked properly so that you you know you don't catch food poisoning. But I mean, well, they didn't have you know. the the refrigerators or the freezer. Yeah, the exactly. Like that to keep the food. So you know, by the right. time you got fish or any kind of beef or meat or whatever. Right. You know, yeah, or preservatives. Yeah, they didn't yeah. have the preservatives. Yeah, preservatives to yeah. nothing. So you know, yeah. you get tartar. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, mm -hmm. you know, but but it, but I am struck with the when when you look at Hi, Roger. movies. Oh, I I can't see anybody coming on. Um, when you look at real movies from that time period, films, um, they were so thin for the most part. They were very much thinner than we are now. Because because food food was scarce, and I I try to get that across in the book, is that you know a lot for a lot of the book Maggie is hungry, yeah. and that that would be realistic for a poor young woman in the Bowery. Yeah. Um, not only did she not have the money to buy the food, but you know it it, it was hard to uh, find food that you could afford and and keep for for more than a day. Yeah, it was heartbreaking too, you know, and watch mm -hmm. her struggle to get $3 for her rent. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, the struggle is still real today. Yeah. People are struggling oh. to get their rent, you know? Yeah. And yeah. everything else because, I mean, yeah. well, people are struggling to pay their electric bills nowadays, yeah. you know, because they're like, yeah. 
That's a that's another thing I did in the book. Uh, I went to the Tenement Museum in New York City. Um, it's uh, like a neighborhood full of all the old brick tenements, um, yeah. where I envisioned you know the book taking place. And you get you they they've done these these tenements have remained untouched for over a hundred years. Yeah. So they have the old peeling wallpaper and all that stuff. But the reality is back then, the tenements like that the very poor, like Maggie lived in, would have been wooden. And those are those are all gone now. Yeah. 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 But I, I just, I enjoyed it. You're talking about Battery Park and, yeah. you know, and all the things that are there now. And it's I, I envision it as it is now, but I try to think of it. That's why I love history. I love it. That's why I love to go to New York City and go to anything that's historical. I like to think about all the generations and lives that have come and gone and walked the same streets. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would love to go and walk through Manhattan with you. Just yeah, to to say some stories about some things that have happened. But I'd love to pick your brain. Yeah, what is going on in there as you're right. walking down that street? Yeah, you know, go walk by Broadway or go by, walk by. Yeah. You know, or whatever you know right and it's just when i went to blackwell's island roosevelt island now um it was really fascinating to stand at the shoreline where there was a little tiny strip of a beach nothing you could even put a chair on but the waters of the east river are very uh the currents are very strong i write about that in the book yeah and and the waves are coming up on the shore um but i i just wonder you know, what would it have been like at that time to, you know, to look out across as, as a person in the madhouse, to look across the river and see Manhattan. Yeah. Manhattan's yeah. right. Yeah. It's like a quarter of a mile away. Yeah. That would be very strange. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, even Alcatraz, you know, it's like you can't get out of Alcatraz because of the currents, you know. Right. So they say. Yeah. But but yeah. the same thing, same thing, you know. And they're women, yeah. and they're like you know malnourished. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Weak yeah. Women. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, and back then, you know, again, life was just so hard. And I I was reading. I had them, the local library, send to the New York City Library a request for the old vintage records um, from Refuge, which was the juvenile. Uh, prison uh, back then on Blackwell's Island. And I was reading all of these, like the equivalent of a, a social worker today, their handwritten records saying, I visited this home and this little boy is, you know, a, tr a troublemaker or whatever. But a lot of times I saw mention of different women mothers who had lost their minds or or they were alcoholics or they were morphine addicts and mm -hmm. they were living in poverty in the Bowery and life was just so hard back then, you know, losing babies in childbirth, you know, getting sick all the time. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, it was just a hard life. And yep. sometimes they just literally went insane because of it. But also, you know, you can think of, have you ever had really bad PMS? I mean, you lose it. Okay. And so, so they would like lock women up with this, you know? I mean, well, heck, I'm, I'm in menopause right now. So you took your preaching okay. to the converted. No, yeah. I, yeah. And I try to talk about that in the book that, you know, back then, basically, if you were not a woman of means, 
um, meaning not just financial means, but if you didn't have the family name or as some kind of protection, a husband, a father, um, you were really vulnerable to being yeah. shipped off, especially oh, if, if you were the black sheep of the family. Oh God! And, you know, and 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 and, <laughs> and and the the evil siblings wanted to cut you out of the will so they could get a bigger piece of pie. Uh, ship her off to the lunatic asylum or uh, men, you know, who were having affairs and they were upstanding men back then. Divorce was so frowned upon. They, they ship her off to the insane asylum so the mistress can come live there instead. Or, But but you make a good point about the, the female um, anatomy is a mm -hmm. big part of the diagnoses of mental illness back then. The hysteria was all related to having a hysterical oh, womb. All those types of things, you know, postpartum yeah. depression and, yeah. and whatever. You know, there's so many things. Hormones just run amok uh, in, a, in a woman's system. It, and it can change them night and day, completely 180 of a person. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Tell yeah. me about it. Yeah, no, it, it has struck me a long, long time ago. So it sent you right yeah. into menopause. But I, well, yeah, you know, I saw on the news last night, they were saying uh, that, this woman was being interviewed about um, the effect that menopause has on the economy because they, they did these studies that for like 10 years of a woman's life, because evidently uh, black women go through menopause for longer time periods, statistically, like, you know, Caucasians might be for six years. They, they could be for 10 years. So you'd look at that decade of menopause, how it affects your work capacity um absenteeism doctor's appointments headaches all mm -hmm. that kind of thing and it actually has a direct impact on the economy that's oh yeah yeah that's so true that's so true scott's bringing up a point here too about another um insanity due to lead pipes um uh, yeah, lead pipes mercury poisoning all kinds of things that people were you know playing with and you know like how many we were kids putting mercury in our hands you know right yeah well, you realize how bad it was. Yeah. You know, all these things can definitely. Yes. Uh, also, uh, syphilis, uh, gonorrhea. Yeah. yeah. You know, all they didn't have penicillin back then, so they'd literally go insane, insane. with the gonorrhea. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it, it's just, it's, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a miracle that the human race is still here. I know. It really, yeah. truly is. You know? So and, and when you think about past lives, you think, oi, if I had past lives over the, you know, centuries, chances are I suffered a hell of a lot because, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's hard now, but it was and then, yeah, harder and then. Especially, yeah, especially for a woman, because even if a woman had means and right. her husband or her father or whatever died, a woman couldn't inherit the money. Right. And, and while she was alive, she was, she was a possession, you know, she couldn't yeah. get, she couldn't go to law school. She couldn't go to med school. She couldn't get a career. She, she was a kept object and yeah. it was like being in a gilded cage you know and 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 we're so fascinated by the life of the rich during the gilded age the rockefellers and carnegies and all that but you know no matter how wealthy these women were i wouldn't trade my life for their life in it ever no you know no. Just, just the you clothing the man clothing yeah, I've been there. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I look at some of those pictures and I just think, and you, you're going in those bedrooms and whatever, and you think how hot it could have been in there. 
Okay. Yeah. All those clothes that you got to wear all buttoned up and 900 layers and everything. I, how miserable <laughs> you got to be to walk I, five I, miles through your mansion to get to where the food is. <laughs> I know. I'd be a sweat pile by the time I got there. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I often think that when you see, especially even the men having to wear their heavy wool suits in the middle of the summer, it was crazy. The, the corsets women had to uh, where back then the fishbone corsets, they, they would break their ribs. They would, um, they could cause uh, deformity of the internal organs. They even had accounts of women who died from their girdles, from their corsets, because they were, they were tight laced, uh, <laughs> tied Roger, too tightly. Roger, Roger is a, uh, is a psychic and a psychic oh. medium. And he's saying that there is a homeless lady with a stocking hat and gloves that the fingers are exposed. And that's with you right now as a, as a, a guest in spirit. Stocking hat and gloves and the fingers are exposed. I am yeah, so. a homeless lady. Yeah. A stocking hat. So. Wow. Know, I'll have to give that stocking. Yeah. I'll, I will have to give that some thought. You said there were a lot of homeless people by the uh, library, so. Yeah, I actually, you know, I, pr I practiced law. I practiced law for 20 years. And, a you know, I'd say at least half of my clients were homeless. Mm. So, I, I, you know, I'm, I I have a real affinity for homeless people. You know, like, um, I, 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 I found my homeless clients were often my most grateful and respectful clients. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that must have been tough to uh, to leave a, a career of 20 years, you know, and then you just like, uh, was it just something that was nagging at you for a long time? And uh, or did you just decide, I just want to be happy and do it? It, it just I, I mean, when I was in the practice of law, most of it was very service oriented and I loved it so much. I really did. And I built a very prosperous law practice. I think what it came to was I just had it in my head that when I leave, I want to leave at the top of my game because, and I was, when I left, I was like 53, you know, and, and I had gone past what I expected to achieve. And it, it was very tiring. I was tired of working, you know, six, seven day weeks. I was just, I was truthfully, I was burnt out because, you know, we had kids young. I had my son when I was 24, my daughter when I was 26. And so I went to law school when they were in elementary school and my husband traveled all the time and I went to law school full time. So it was very, very stressful. And then starting a, a law practice from scratch and doing that for 20 years while raising my kids who, by the way, were not easy to raise. <laughs> um, they're in their thirties now, but uh, my daughter's almost 30. But um uh, I just, I felt it was time to take care of myself because, uh, it was such a high stress, uh, career as much as I loved it. it you know, it was stressful deadlines, oh. deadlines, deadlines, go, go, go all the time. Yeah. 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 And the thing is, each person, each person wants you to be there for them 20, you know, like give you and give them answers. Like I want yeah. it now, you know? Yeah. And, yes. And I know, yes. I know I'm, I'm in that spot right now when I have to deal yeah. with my lawyers, I understand that she's got a ton of other clients, but I'm mm -hmm. like, 
it's been four years. Can we get this shit yeah. over and done with? Yeah. But I also, the half of my brain kind of goes, you know what? I'm okay. I'm not, you know, yeah, I'm you know, to, to, to get I, with it. I literally had clients die on me who were waiting for their social security disability hearing. And, you know, the process is, you know, bureaucratic and unnecessarily complicated and people have to basically lose all, you know, all their money and every, before a judge grants them disability. I mean, sometimes they get lucky and they get in on the first application. So you become yeah. disabled, you apply a few months later, you get Like, I can't do the work that I did. You know, and everyone's like, yeah. well, I'm going to get disability. And I'm like, I'm, I'm afraid to do stuff like that, you know. But I, you know, I heard all these things. Like, you know, you're going to get denied. You're going to get a lawyer. You're going to do this. It's like, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. like, so it's another money thing. It's like, and yeah, and, you know. And people, because you're not allowed to work while you're filing for disability, very, very minimal amount. I don't know what the amount is now, but it used to be like you can't make more than like 800 a month or something part-time mm -hmm. and, and even then it could hurt your case because it shows you can do something um but yeah i i just uh it, it was hard to sometimes have judges feel what i felt were the wrong decisions and um you know i had one client commit suicide after we lost his case you know um he he had a, a prison a lengthy prison history uh history with drugs whatnot so those those clients, unfortunately, for a lot of judges, they they don't look well on those clients, and uh, they don't get the money. And as this man said, I can't live in my friend's garage through one more Connecticut winter, you know, because yeah. So it's it's sad. Yeah, it it took a toll on me. It took a toll on me. Yeah, I want to I want to read this from Scott here too. So it's kind of a different a different subject, but. Uh, to us in the UK, it seems like you Yanks are trying to stop women back in the years, right? And so many women agree. What's that about oh. Oh, the uh, the the abortion <laughs> thing and everything else? Are trying to like yeah. stop women from going forward? Uh, it's true. It it's is so true. true. It, it just it happening. makes me so upset to see happening. Um, and you know, when you think about it, in the women in America didn't even get the right to vote until like 1920. 26. So yeah, 26. So that's like less than a hundred years that we've even been able to vote. And we don't realize just how far we've come. And, and I do believe that there is this patriarchy in America. And unfortunately there are women who participate in it, women who support it and promote, promote that agenda against their own self-interests. Right, right. That, I, that will, I, I never in a million years. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's not gonna yeah. happen. You know, we, we, you, I, Mama, we're we're strong, independent women with our own brain. All right. Well, yeah, I, yeah but I get it because I did it at one stage in my life too. You know, follow the man, or or you know, like, hey, I'll, I'll back Bob 100 if he's right and doing the right thing. Yes. If he's doing the wrong thing, I'm sorry. Why don't you do my book? Because it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. And I won't yeah. do it with a good conscience. And I won't. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm like honest to a fault. You yeah. Know? You know, I, that's why I married my husband. The main thing was that he respected women so much. And he respected me. You know, yeah. and that's why he has a very successful career in the corporate world where he works with women 
every day, all day long, very smart, you know, top of their game women. And um, I don't know. I, I just, when I see men who aren't like that, I, I don't understand it. Um, it's because I don't, they're intimidated. Yes. I, I, I guess so. It's yeah. a sign of insecurity. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it also depends is, on their own mother. Any strong woman, yeah. any strong woman, go way back in history. You know what I mean? It is stomped it, it really fast. Right before the asylums all went up, it was the witch trials. Right. You know? Yeah. The same thing. It's just like you get rid of them quicker because you can hang them or burn them or drown them. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. crush them with stones. I mean, right. yeah. you know, and it's all it's all hysteria, you know. The so, the witches were often, you know, like I wrote about in the book, because Maggie comes from a line of witches mm -hmm. and seers. Well, they're seers. They're right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're psychics, they're seers. Yeah. Um, but they are mislabeled as witches. And often these are the women who are outspoken and independent, like often financially independent, um, but uh, they're scapegoated, you know, and they're seen as a threat if they get too powerful. Well, yeah. We're talking about a really cool book, The Ghost and Her Tear, and you'd love this. It's, it's a really cool story. I'll tell you all about it later. <laughs> Yeah, but don't let her tell you everything because she gets yeah. going and it's like, be like, shut up, yeah. I'll read the book, leave me alone, go away. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I get some reviews like that on Goodreads where I'm like, oh, damn, they just told the whole story. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't do that on the review, but I, although I, I want, I want to know, I appreciate every Goodreads review. I do. Yeah. It's amazing, and she also wrote. Um, so that's a fiction book, obviously, but these, yeah. these are nonfiction, um, mm -hmm. that's won awards, press awards and, uh, escape from, and I said it wrong. So how do how you say it? Escape from Mary Upel. Mary, so Mary Upel. Yeah. Okay. Cause I said Mary Paul. <laughs> no, Mary that don't, don't apologize for that because a lot of Americans pronounce it differently. Like I've, I listen to different newscasts and sometimes oh God, they yes, pronounce the it they, differently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The way they butcher some names. Yes. But right. You realize you do realize that you've given me now a shopping list. I have to go shopping and buy the <laughs> oh, <laughs> I hope you like it. And then and his his garden. Um that's mm -hmm. her on the cover of his garden. That's not yeah. you on the cover of the other one though. I what? still think no. it is. Okay. I still no, think no. It is. It, the, on the cover of the other one, thank you. But that's a thirty two year old woman. Um she yeah. is that's the Ukrainian woman um, that we sponsored to come to America that the book is about, who, oh, okay, who okay. escaped Mariupol. That's her beautiful Siberian husky dog it's with gorgeous. her. And and she was with her through the entire ordeal. Um, so we just went to a... I can't wait to read it. We went to a local, um, like, we in our part of Connecticut, we have a lot of big, old, um, beautiful factories that have been renovate, like refurbished into art studios and restaurants and things like that, yoga studios. And so we went behind one of those factories near the river and and we wanted a kind of industrial Ukrainian look to it, feel to it. So that, nice. that's where we took that. Yeah, my husband took that picture. Nice. Connecticut, though, I have to say, Connecticut. It's like from living here in Pennsylvania, <sighs> When that all that construction was going on in Connecticut, it would be yeah. like ugh, take forever to get through uh, Connecticut. You get I've only been there for ten years, New Jersey, so I, and then you get I to don't Connecticut, know. and it's like ugh. 
But now that the, all the construction's done, you can actually fly through Connecticut now, which is good. But when when did the construction worries. end? Uh, three years ago. Three, oh. three, about three years ago. Yeah, they were widening the roads and everything, you know, making it like uh -huh. a five-lane highway. And but they would funnel you down to one lane until it yeah actually, right. which yeah. caused backups for <laughs> ever, like right. three hours. You know, wow. Easy that you would be on this stretch of road, it would suck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nadine from Malibu, this sounds, book sounds amazing, ladies. This is what happens. Every time I watch your show, I have to buy books the guests wrote. Hello. <laughs> yes, yes. We yes, have amazing the, guests, I have to admit. Amazing. I read it in a day, Nadine. I could uh, not. It's like three, it's I, yeah. pages, and then you get a little preview of a snippet of a thing or two to read at the end. But um, I couldn't stop reading it. I just couldn't stop. I read That's it all. That's amazing. I had to, I had to, I just had to, I had to That's know what's great. going on. I couldn't put it down. I was figuring, you know, usually when it's a book is 300 pages plus, I'll take it and I'll cut it in half, you know, wherever mm -hmm. the uh, chapter would end and say, like, I'm going to read to here and then I'll take it from there the next day. <laughs> no. No. You didn't I, move. Like, I took the phone off the hook. Wow. I was like, no. Nope. I'm trying nope. to think of the last time I did that with a book. Um, Gone Girl. I remember being like that with Gone Girl. Uh, the Help. Movie. The Help. I was like that with The Help. And um, The Road. The Road. Boy, that post-apocalyptic one. Yeah. I did not get that one. Who's the author? Uh, Cormac, uh, Cormac McCarthy, is it? Uh, he, yeah, it was made into a movie, The Road, about, hmm. you know, there's a a nuclear uh, annihilation in a you know global freezing uh, due to nuclear fallout and uh, it, yeah it's it's creepy it's creepy it involves it involves it's it's one of these books well, it affected me so deeply that it actually made me depressed like slip into a depression for a few days after I read it that's how deeply oh it affected me yeah it it it, it was because. It was a story that was pretty much without hope because that would be the reality of nuclear winter, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, so at the end, and they did it more so in the movie, they tried to kind of do a little bit more of a Hollywood twist to make it a little more hopeful. Yeah. But the book itself was, no. was hopeless because the situation would be hopeless. Wow. So that, yeah. that girl in Ukraine... Were yeah. they were they like petrified? Did was that kind of looming over them at all times about nuclear threats? Yeah, if you wouldn't mind, I'm just gonna get up and put my dog. I'm gonna open this door because she's getting kind of frisky and uh, <laughs> weird on me. Like, yeah. So here we go. Mom, Let's mom, see. Mom, mom. Yeah, I know. I know. I think we've almost exhausted her her capacity, but um. Uh, what was your question? Uh, the the oh, woman about, from Ukraine. Oh, yeah, we're, we're, oh we're, nuclear. Yeah. Um, yeah, nuclear. Well, you know, when before the war began, these were constant threats of Russia invading. You know, because they'd yeah. had already they had already taken over the Crimean Peninsula in 2014-15, and they had already surrounded all of Ukraine. So they were constantly under that you know, fear that Russia might invade. 
In terms of nuclear, um, no, I mean, I don't think they would ever have thought that uh, Russia would have nuked them um, unless it were a situation like now. <laughs> like now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Maybe I, a I Russia was thinking that they were just going to pummel them and be done with it, you know, like the shock and awe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's going to yeah. be over in no time. Right. And um, I think Putin was shocked. But I, I think uh, some of that, I'm just going to try to move this upstairs to my kitchen so that my dog might leave me alone. But I think some, I think some of that was uh, because of uh, NATO. Uh, I think that uh, Vladimir Putin uh, underestimated NATO because, you know, I know Trump wanted us to get out of NATO. And uh, even now, you know, there are some Americans questioning the war. Uh, even some Americans taking the side of uh, the side of Russia. So, I mean, mm -hmm. this is very serious issue. But um, I forget where we were going with that. I've traveled all the way upstairs. <laughs> uh, we were talking about nuclear. Oh yeah. So she so she traveled through uh, Russian occupied territory, and she was in Zaporizhia, where that's the largest. Uh, nuclear power plant comprising six nuclear power stations. It's the largest nuclear power plant in Europe. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they were even then giving iodide pills out to the local residents. And, uh, yeah. you know, very early in the war, part of that plant caught fire and they were really worried about a meltdown. I don't know if you remember that. Um, since then, it's just, it's always been such a, a big concern that we, we could have a Chernobyl on steroids um, yeah. with just one missile hit, yeah. you know, because once it goes off the grid and goes onto a generator, it's my understanding that it can only last, you know, days before the threat of a meltdown. Right. And um, that would affect all of Europe. So, I mean, <laughs> we talk, we talk a lot about will Russia, you know, nuke, uh, a country? Would it nuke Ukraine? Would it do strategic? Would it do bio? Um, but I think that Zaporizhia nuclear power plant is probably the greatest threat, you know? Yeah. Bio and, and nukes, that, those are the two yeah. top, oh my God, things, you know? I know. Um, yeah. We got to live I on know. this planet, you know? It's, it's just going to recover from a lot of the yeah me tested right and i i try to talk about that a lot in the book too is yeah. the effect the effect this war has had helping mankind as opposed to killing it off yeah right and yep yeah. and and the environmental effect of this war you know to the land of ukraine when you look at the the drone footage you know the destruction of the wheat and it's the breadbasket of Europe, you know, and they're, yeah. you know, they, um, the the poisons of the toxic fumes and gases. And, um, you know, it, it's what are we doing to our world? You know, what are we doing? It's madness. War it is, is madness. And I think one of the things that I have, I have an issue with, I'm, I'm most of y'all know I'm from Canada and I get to watch what goes on. My husband's an American and he watches all American news and I don't watch TV, but what irks me is all these people, these rich bajillionaires who are going into space. We need to mm. find a new planet. We, you know, the money that you're putting into going into space, building the rockets, yada, yada, put it into here. 
put it yeah. into repairing the damage that we have done to this earth. I mean, right. eventually we'll get up there. Eventually, never mind, get up. I was getting up well, there. Eventually, yeah. they'll come down and see us and go, nah, I don't yeah. think so. You know? yeah. Well, that's the job of NASA. You know, we need our scientists. We need our space No, yeah, explorers. the scientists, I get it. But, but it's yeah, like, you know, the millionaires, a, you know, who are doing it, who built rockets and go up into space. Yeah. Like it's it's a Disney World. Like a day. Yeah. yeah. We need to have yeah. an option because we are killing this planet and it's going to happen yeah. these days. Yeah. And not yeah. Thomas predicted it too, you know, that yeah. we're living amongst the stars because, you know, basically yeah. we're killing our planet. So, yeah. you know, well, even though you don't take heed, people should, you know, like people, are. some people are doing, you know, their parts and they have, you know, uh, Priuses and electric cars and recycle all the time and all that kind of stuff. Whatever little bit you do helps, you know. Yeah. But, but I, I'm just terrified by climate change. You know, like, uh, I really wonder. It just seems like the last few years, this has just escalated at such a rapid rate. And mm -hmm. it's it's really scary, too. We just went down to Fort Myers for a visit. Um, and, uh, and, and we went to Sanibel Island. Yeah. And you, I couldn't believe it. It looked like a war zone. I mean, it, it really did. And you're driving on the road and the beach water goes right up to the road. So it's right at sea level. And you think, you know, it, it just with every hurricane that comes, it's just going to swallow up that yeah. island. Yeah. At night, we could we could hardly even find a place to eat at night because yeah. uh, the businesses have all closed down the um the trailer parks are just devastated. Uh, it's it's rough. So our coastlines are really vulnerable, especially right now. Nasa Beach. This is where I went. I, you know, we bought a camper. It was like ninety thousand dollars. We put into this camper to drive on a beach, right? But it was Nasa Beach. You could drive out nine miles to the end. You know, you can fish the shore. You can fish the bay. You can dig clams and quahogs and mussels and you know, we, lobster, we would eat like kings and queens out there, you know, mm -hmm. and it was a beautiful beach and mm -hmm. one storm in the, yeah. the waters split. Yeah. At the time, there was a dredge in the bay, too, because they were keeping it out for the dark to come into the fish pier. So there was a dredge there. It would have cost $5,000 okay, mm -hmm. to take the dredge and fill that gap. But... Mm -hmm. The people, the you know, the powers that be on the committee said, "Oh no, we got to let Mother Nature do what it's gonna do," mm -hmm. and they did, and then they lost wow. about seven miles of the beach and all yeah. of the houses that were on there that you couldn't sell because they were like deeded in the yeah. families and everything. Yeah. Beautiful cottages, people's livelihoods, everything else all gone, you know, right. and and that's all due climate change and everything yeah. too. You know, and people yeah. messing with the systems, you know, right? It's, it's one little thing, one little thing can set up an ecosystem so mm -hmm. bad, you know, just yeah. I, I, I get people love animals and they love this mm -hmm. and they love seeing the seals and everything else, you know. But back in the day, you used to get a dollar a nose if you killed a seal, right? Mm -hmm. But they were they would be just like hunters with the deer everything was regulated but if you don't regulate the seal population so now you've got mm. seals all over the place what happens with all the seals sharks come in so now they have a shark problem down the cape you know where wow. they had a shark problem because you know you just up their food supply of course they're coming in 
you know, and then how, it, how yeah. do you tell the difference between, you know, a seal and a kid swimming yeah. in the water, you know, right. and that's, that's, yeah. man, that's man messing with, you know, right. Right. So much of climate change is a result of man messing with nature and not, not being not uh, res respectful of it. Um, but uh, yeah, here in Connecticut, they literally drop off and tag the bears and drop them off in our region of Connecticut. So mm -hmm. I kid you not in the summer, these bears are just walking down the road, like, wow. you know, yeah. Crossing the road with all their cubs. And one, one uh, spring uh, opened the garage door. There were uh, three bears in my garage. It was a mama bear yeah. and no, there were four bears, a mama bear and her three cubs. But, Wow. We're, there there are a ton of bear in this area and also uh deer as well yeah 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 i said i sit here if i look out my window here is that my backyard goes down downhill and there's like a stream down there mm -hmm. and i can just see down that hill i have one little opening here otherwise it's all full of stuff books and everything over here too and uh and i and i looked down and i saw a fox run by but the other day i saw a whole oh. bunch of deer running up i'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah what you do you know during the day i'm like hey nice yeah beautiful i love beautiful i don't like the woodchuck so much but i like the deer um yeah <clears throat> there was something on here that i wanted to put up here what was it oh, did, did we have any anybody chiming in any questions i haven't i don't have my glasses on so i haven't been reading oh it's okay we always read them up what would men do if we sacrifice Sacrifice a gonad for each child. Think about the results. We might stop the immoral sacrifices. But that, that, yeah, huh. you know? This um, is really sci-fi stuff. Uh, yeah. This reminds me, I, I've watched General Hospital for um, 45 years. I still 45 years. You, do you watch General Hospital? Yeah. <laughs> I've watched it before Lou craved Laura. Before that. Yeah. And when Laura was a teenager, that's when I started watching it. And, uh, did you and, watch Dark Shadows? Yes, I love Dark Shadows. Of course, I yes. Yeah, I just rewatched yeah. Dark Shadows. That was really I, ahead of its oh, time. When you think about it, a soap opera based on vampires, that's that was ahead everything. of its time. It was vampires. It was werewolves. It yep. was witches. It was you name whatever it is. The I Ching, uh, going mm -hmm. back time travel. Yeah. It yeah. was every single supernatural thing you can possibly think yeah. of. Was in so Dark that. Shadows. That guy's gonad thing for sacrificing for child reminds me of a storyline in General Hospital right now. You know how Victor wants to annihilate a, billions of people on Earth. Reset yeah, everything, yeah. Going way back to when it happened before. Yeah. 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 He's well, kind of like the Antichrist. Yeah. That would be that would make him the Antichrist. Yeah. If he if he wanted to obliterate almost the entire world yes yeah of course. except for his his family, his family. yeah right oh, Self no. selfish yeah. sob <laughs> yes yes yeah. i know yeah. i love mm -hmm. the character the original characters when they did that, that yeah was, that was awesome yeah it's it, general hospital is so bad it's good i mean <laughs> I, I watch it it is it's just well, I, I watched general hospital um not days uh one life to live all my children Oh my, oh my children. Those yeah. are the ABC ones. Yeah, when they took those yeah. off, I was devastated. And then they, yeah. then my niece made me start watching Days of Our Lives, which now is it left the airwaves too, but it's on Peacock. So now, really, 
Yeah, so I watch it over there. Yeah. And that's because that, I know so one cheesy. life to live. Or, no, it was all my children, I think, that when it got cut, they did it like on this uh, internet channel, like because it was back in the day. They did it like the equivalent of like a YouTube version of it. Yeah. But it was it was so low budget. You you yeah. don't realize how much money yeah. goes into these shows to make them look good. To the writing, the 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 set yeah. design. We went to I went to Burbank, California, to a huge General Hospital conference and toured the General Hospital set. Get that out. was fascinating. Yeah, it was so. I have tons of great pictures, but we went like we were the first bus with me. Oh, I'd, ha I'd be happy to. Yeah. Yeah. I've got my picture with all the general hospital stars because oh. there was for a few years there, I just went to all of those little group conventions, just small things that would come to our, you know, to Hartford or to, to, to Boston and they, you know, be at the, you got to say it, it the right way. It's Hartford. Hartford. <laughs> yeah. See, the thing is, so, then after we left Montreal, we went to Vancouver for two years. So by then I genuinely did have a Canadian accent. And then we moved to Southwestern Ohio for 20 years mm. and it were right above Kentucky. And when I came here, everyone teased me about my Southern twang and I had a Southern twang from 20 years in Ohio. So your oh, accent oh. changes throughout your life. Oh yeah. Well, Pennsylvania yeah. is, is, taking a little a little change on me but not much mm -hmm. <laughs> not much yeah. everyone makes fun of me here and it's okay the I, mass the mass hole is set in stone it is. <laughs> it is and you know what's funny my kids don't even have the the accent that i do you know yeah um, but my you know their father my husband at the time he he doesn't have that accent either and he was mm -hmm. lemon stuff <laughs> no way. Lemonster is the town right next to where I grew up, Lunenburg. Uh, right. Yeah. And my my father's my father's dental practice was in Lemonster. I was born at Lemonster Hospital. Get out. You know, I was yeah. a pool shack in Lemonster for a million years. I worked I worked that's what was my job. That's how I made money playing pool. Where? At the elbow in the forties uh, and the the round bar behind remember Sambo's wow restaurant? I do yeah the 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 bar behind there there are not a lot of restaurants there I remember like Dan Chan's was that yeah. in Fitchburg yeah and uh, the Fitchburg old mill French mm -hmm. yeah. yeah some good yeah. good some good Italian restaurants oh yeah definitely. like like in Connecticut yeah. we're out that way you know so. yeah. That was, that was one of the best parts about moving back to New England. Here in Connecticut, in the community we're in, we have so many Italians um, that the the there are so many little quaint Italian family-run restaurants with the best food, the best pizza. Yeah. Because Ohio doesn't know nothing about pizza. I'll tell you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they call that dough covered in cheese, but it's not pizza. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get right. it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. I do. I do. I might. Yeah, it, it, it's different. It's definitely different here in Pennsylvania than up there. Oh, and you know what they they do here? They really mm. gets me. We're back on food, Mama. All right, I want seafood. I'm gaining weight Lobster as we speak. And steamers. 
Okay, so if you want to get a lobster here, it's a rock lobster. It's not a regular lobster. It's not a good lobster. It's not claws. It's the tail, and it's the rock lobster. So it's really hard to to get out of the shell and everything. It's not as tasty as our lobsters up there, Maine lobster. You got to get a yeah. good Maine lobster, and you need uh, the clams from the Cape. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't like the Maine clams because they're mucky, but I, the, yeah. the clams yeah. from the Cape. They're nice and clean. They're not, you know, you could get yeah. a little in there, but they're good. And, you know, they're real mm -hmm. clams. I mean, now it's down here. They think a quahog is a clam and they sell mm. it that way. Mark those clams. Mm -hmm. I'm like, those are quahogs. Those are not mm -hmm. clams, you know? And <laughs> like, oh my God. This is a first world it, problem, Gina. It I is. <laughs> I mean, we should write I, a book. <laughs> I'm sorry for your suffering. This sounds like a very serious problem. It is a big problem. I know. I know. We are having the funniest conversation here. I'm so sorry. We're so sidetracked. I don't know. I've but I, I love doing that. Um, it, it, I, I've been so happy in Connecticut. I didn't realize just how much I miss New England and how much a part of me it was until we, we, well, actually, we were living in Ohio. I never felt comfortable like I fit in with Ohio it's just a very different mindset in Ohio yeah like uh you know the community we lived in strongly strongly Republican like they would make fun of me for being Democrat kind of thing yeah, yeah. and and a lot of uh, very strong Christianity but very few synagogues um it, it's just much more uh, I, I midwest you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and country music Fox News when you go into a bar. It's, mm. And then when we came here, I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God I'm home. Thank <laughs> God I'm home. But but one of my favorite. From West Virginia back up to Connecticut. And the rest of my yeah. family, they're all still in Mass. So I'm the, the only thing about West, West Virginia is so totally beautiful, though, like the mountains. Um, I used to Gorgeous. take court cases in West Virginia sometimes. And yeah, her house was beautiful down there, but it's just she, yeah. she's my grandson, too, so it was really far. That's another reason why I moved here, besides Bob, but it was the middle <laughs> of my one daughter in Mass and, you know, and going yeah. to West Virginia to see her. So it would be easier right. to travel. Now yeah. I'm here and they're all up there again. But she's in yeah. Tom now Connecticut so she's only and my daughter's in Leicester so mm -hmm. you know it's not they're like 45 minutes away from each other yeah which is really nice what I love so much about Connecticut that I, I'd forgotten from my youth is I just love the forests and the rivers um I like that the ocean is less than an hour drive the coast right. mm -hmm. um Long Island Sound um yeah. but I every day stick mystic Love Mystic. Oh, Mystic, yeah. And we just went to Old Saybrook for a weekend to the resort oh, and spa. Yeah. But, um, you know, I just love not only the history, but um, just there's something about walking every day, hiking. I, I hike every day. I either go to the river or the lake with my dogs. Both are like a mile away. And uh, I don't know. I'm just, I've been communing with nature for the last 10 years in a way that I, I just missed out on. And, and I think part of that too was that I was always so busy working in Ohio. Well, but, yeah. yeah, I just feel more like spirit, really spiritually because you are, like you said, you're home now. That's so what it feels like. You can connect much, much easier. Yeah. You could, maybe you could write a book on on the. Uh, there's a lot of history. There's a lot of haunted places for real. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I think it's already been done. There's like a haunted Connecticut series and all that stuff. You know. 
Yeah, um, but, you know how I feel about stories? Is, it, a story has to really come to me and I have to say, I love that. I, I really, so like, there's so many, oh, that'll be an interesting book. That'll be an interesting book. Maybe I'll do this or that. But you have to really, really say, okay, I want to dedicate a full year to this project. Is it really yeah. that important? So when you say like, do history of Connecticut, like, ghosts of Connecticut, yeah, it's a nice idea, but I don't want to spend a year doing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you actually have a plate full anyway, though, because if you're going to be taking a screenwriting course and yeah. then writing, you know, you've got know. two books, really. I know. Ghost and Her and The Escape. Okay. Yeah. To write two screenplays for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you can I do know. that while you're taking your course. I know I've got a lot of work to do, but um, you know, the best part of not having to be on that rat, you know, just what's it called? The rat race, yeah. not being in the rat race. Is <laughs> I can do it when I want to do it. You know, when I was, when I was practicing law, it was just like, I had to do a lot of things when I didn't want to do it. But now, whoops, dogs are getting in a little funny. I think your dogs are your dogs. Yeah, you know, I think honestly, I'm gonna have to wind it down soon because they're getting. Yeah, like, we, we only have ten minutes. That's all we had. So, so, you know, that's that's absolutely yeah, fine. They're, they're getting anxious here. I'll show you. Look at the babies. Puppies. Ah, puppies. They need to go outside, and and I'm usually in bed by now. And they're in this. Uh, but they've been good, though, haven't they? Yes, yeah, they have. And we're a okay fan the show, so we're not Mine's dead as here. But, but all right, so I, I will. I, you know, I'll let you I'll let you go take care of the doggies. People, uh, yeah. you got to get this book. It is am amazing. All right, let me put up her info real quick here, okay? Okay. So you can go to anaconstboy.com. You can see a lot more about Annika. Mm -hmm. um, you can tell we had a great conversation with her. Yeah. A lot, oh, yeah. Of fun, a lot of fun. All right. So there's there's her book. Okay. And her other books, Escape from, I'm going to say it the way I say it, Maripol. Good. <laughs> That's Maripol. And His Garden. You can check out those books as well. Um, her just her style of writing, everything about her is amazing. She, I feel like I've known her forever. Um, I'm going to be bothering you, and I want to see those pictures. That's great. And uh, and it's always a pleasure to speak to a fellow mass hole. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. You know, I bring out, I bring out the accent when I only when I have a mass hole on. Yeah, right, right. But I, I do appreciate um, and and putting up with me too. I've had a frustrating week and all the stuff. Yeah. Going my all dad. my best, all my best to your dad. I'll keep him in my prayers. I see your Facebook posts and I I give oh. you lots of comfort right now. Thank you very much. I, yes. I really need that. So I think that's why I was really kind of all over the place tonight. Absolutely. Why not? Stressful. You know. Why not? It was a great conversation. It I was. I enjoyed it. meeting both of you and um, the quiet little lady, Mama D. I really like well, because you, you guys are talking food and I'm like, okay, I'm just getting I'm getting full right now. It's like you know, I'm happy. <laughs> go I'm have a go. snack. He's always doing snack. all the stuff just on the side. side. Yeah. Plus I do a lot of stuff on the side. I am mm -hmm. I'm tech support. Yeah. Oh yeah. Second but, installment yeah. of Ghost in Her. Um when do you think that oh, would be uh the second installment uh 
tentatively with the publisher. She wants it. Uh, I wanted it to come out uh, for Christmas. And she hmm. said, uh, we already have a full schedule for Christmas. And I said, damn, I wanted to do a holiday Christmas scene. She said, why don't you do a Valentine's Day yeah. theme? I said, yes. Since the book's about an energy vampire, it's about an energy vampire. So Valentine's Day. And so um, I will hopefully have it finished by Christmas and it will be out by February 1st. I need it. There we go. Yeah. I need it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. awesome. Fantastic. And I, I, yeah. I have a feeling I'm going to write it like wicked fast because yeah. it's like I can hardly wait to get to it. Yeah. I've and got it all in my have head. It, it's and when you head. do have it out, let us know and we will help with the okay. advertisement as much as we can. Thank I'll you so much. It it's yeah. our Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Darlene. Uh, thank you for being with us. And uh, yeah. next week, we might be taking the week off. I'm not so sure yet. Um, we, I will let you know yeah. we'll let you know okay okay <laughs> take take it easy right. prayers prayers your way not everyone one, namaste one minute, Annika. all right we're gonna say good night to all of you bonanote thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the fox den with gina b and mama d we are here every thursday evening from 8 to 10 p.m eastern standard time bringing you a variety of guests. We stream live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, as well as all our Anchor FM venues. We hope you enjoyed our show, our guest, and our featured Crystal of the Week segment with Athena Bari, and we would also appreciate it and love it if you would go to our YouTube channel, The Fox Den with Gina B and Mama D. Subscribe, like, and definitely hit that notification button to never miss a show. We'll see you all next week, and subscribers, watch for our pop-up shows as well.